How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to the 10th episode of the Vintage Breaks Lunch Crew. I'm talking with my hands and everything, so you know I'm serious. Uh, this is Lunch Crew, episode 10, Pitchers and Catchers Report already, damn it. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, Chris, what do we got up? Speaking of pitchers and catchers, our first topic is that we're talking about baseball season. We are, and if you're like me, the moment uh, my team is out in college football, I go, bring on baseball. For some people, it's pro football. For me, it's when Alabama gets eliminated, and I'm like, okay, pitchers and catchers, let's go. What an ending What an ending to that game. Uh, it was incredible. Oh, it was. It was. Uh, we, 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 got a, we got a customer named Mike Beck, who's a diehard Michigan fan, and he and I were just going at it in Texas. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a Michigan man. He's an alum there. And and he he and I were just like going at it. I was like, he's like, Milrose trash. I said, yeah, but he's good enough. <laughs> so, yeah. But with the anticipation of a new baseball season, it really brings up some good opportunities to buy. Um, I'm sure. By, most by, by current players you're talking about. By current, current players. Current players. Uh, current. Like, as, as, as most of you know, uh, baseball, baseball cards have this little seasonal dip. Modern, modern do. They'll dip in the winter. Maybe a couple will spike like Shoei Otani as he lands with a new team. Um, but it's all pretty low, and it all ramps up towards spring training as guys settle in their roles and people realize, holy crap, that guy's, that guy's starting for the Yankees now, not the Padres. I better get in. Well, you should have gotten in months ago, buddy. <laughs> uh, there are some things you can do to better prepare for the new season, the new season of baseball. Uh, there's a few different ways to approach it. Number one is new team, who this? You know, guy got dealt in the offseason. Guy's going to have opportunity where there wasn't opportunity. And those are the obvious is like Shohei Otani, Juan Soto. There are others there that, uh, that, that can be dug into, but those are the obvious two is uh, Shohei Otani, Juan Soto. You're too late on Shohei Otani. You do have some time on Juan Soto. His stuff is still dirt cheap. Uh, no, he's not in a Yankee jersey and the stuff, but unless you got a time machine, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Juan Soto stuff can still be had for relatively cheap. I'm not saying go out and buy his base base update, but uh, I mean you can find uh, you can find Chrome Autos in the $600 range, $600 to $800 depending on when you're watching this. So Chris, let me ask you as a, as a Yankee fan, and you kind of know my approach to modern. For those that are just tuning in, mm -hmm. I generally, you know, gear towards the vintage side of things, but I do have some modern cards, call it, that I collect or in my investment portfolio. And Chris, as you know, for example, on Otani, I do have some really nice cards, but I don't have a huge volume. I have a couple. Mm -hmm. So if someone out there was targeting, call it a $1,000 to $2,000 Juan Soto rookie card for their mm -hmm. collection, what would you suggest that they go after? So if, if if that is your budget, I do not recommend capturing the 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 photograph of the almost unrecognizable seventeen year old Juan Soto in Bowman draft. I would recommend there you going with something rookie rookie logo, uh, Topps Chrome update Juan Soto 
And you know, we're gonna go graded only because you really know don't know what you're getting when you when, when you're buying raw. Yeah, you can get a good condition card, but it's really it's it's really better to go graded with something like Soto. In the two thousand dollar range, you're probably looking at no, those are not good, not good, not good. Gosh, people still have crazy prices on these Sotos, Layton. There are people who have pinks listed at two thousand. Oh, no. No, I would go with the 2018 Topps Chrome Update Refractor Auto. You can get those for about $1,200. And I would in a 10? In a 10. In a 10. That seems crazy to me. I would just get two of those. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like that. I do want to bring up something that you just mentioned. Because remember, Chris, we were talking off air. One of the things we're hoping to do, of course, with Lunch Crew is to be entertaining. But we want to add value to people's hobby experience. Yeah. And what's fun, and I don't know if, People have kind of picked up on this yet. This isn't a shtick. I'm learning from you because even though I consider myself to be a savvy hobbyist and good at what I do as a professional vintage baseball card treasure hunter, I certainly am not an expert in modern. And so two things I want to ask you about Soto. Number one, you kind of glossed over slash dismissed the whole idea of the 17 draft. I want to ask you about that, meaning if you had more money, would you rather see someone go 17 draft, i.e. there's no rookie logo on the card? Or, um, no matter what, you would then, and this kind of ties into my second question, if you upped your budget, so instead of spending 1000 to 2000 let's just say it was 2500 to 5000 to buy a card, would you recommend someone buying something numbered, or would you have them go back to 17 Bowman draft? So let me know your thoughts on that. So from that era... There's not many options with numbered. You have the the X Fractor in a uh, numbered to ninety nine, and that's really the strongest. Like I'm calling it entry level. It's a three thousand dollar card in a PSA ten. Uh, I I would buy that one uh, before I would spend the money that that it would take to get a two thousand nineteen or, or uh, the the two thousand seventeen draft because the the draft card is just outrageously expensive. Uh, let me look up the, the draft. I would, I would go after that X factor just because the, the draft is which X factor from 18. So the X factor from 18 that I'm talking about looks like, you know, I'll, I'll just pull it up right here. Is it a Chrome this. update X factor or a Chrome X factor? It is a Chrome update X factor. And here I just put it on the screen. I have this new sure. thing where I can snip stuff out. It is this card right here. 2000, 2018, this is an actual sale at auction that went for $3,050, $3, numbered to 99, 2018 top screen. You may be able to find them in a private sale, a little, little cheaper, you know, 2,800, something like that. Say, hey, you don't, you don't want to eBay that, you know, you don't want to pay eBay. So that would be the card I would target. So Chris, would you rather have that card if I was going to buy a Soto card or would you rather me see me buy two or call it, let's just say it was equal. Would you rather see me have that numbered X factor or two of the top Chrome um, base autos PSA 10? I'm going for the auto PSA 10, two of them. And the reason, the reason it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of funny is because you can sell them at different times. Okay. You know, you, you, you can get, you can get that first auto. You can wait, you can wait, you can wait. Say, okay, he's a Yankee now. Okay, he's introduced to the Yankee now. Okay, he's playing well for the Yankees. And you can sell one in, in the early season. Then 
Yankees are in the World Series. Here you go. You can you can, okay. you can you can you can listen. Great great take. I wouldn't necessarily do that, but I'm also not a modern card investor. I thought you were gonna you know lean towards the quality, i.e. the numbered version. But I can't see on the screen. Is the numbered X X Factor signed or no? No, no, it's not. And then that that's what calls me to go with the two autos. Yeah, listen, very interesting, folks. If you're watching this video, I want to know what you think. So drop your comments in the chat. If the price was equal, would you rather have two of these high-end Juan Soto update chrome auto PSA 10s, or would you rather have an X-Factor that's numbered, just one of them, and it's not autographed? Let us know in the comments um, what you think. So, Chris, give us another, let's say, rookie or two, not guys like Otani and Soto that have now been around a couple of years, but some of the folks, if you think we buy them now or we entertain the thought of buying them now, we might even be able to sell them kind of like in the run-up of spring training and not even wait for the season to start. Who's like one or two prospects that might fit that mold for people watching the show? I like Tristan Cassis a lot. Uh, like, I don't know that it's fair to call him a prospect. He did spend a full season in Major League Baseball and had had just a gangbuster second half. He's like a 990 OPS in the second half as a, as a cornerstone piece for the Boston Red Sox who have picked up a lot of talent this offseason. I'm not saying the Red Sox are going to be good, but they'll be better than they were last year. Uh, I think they've still got some pitching problems. But uh, Tristan Cass has hit a lot. Uh, the big the big call-ups are going to be early season Jackson Shurio with the Brewers. There's no reason to think Jackson Shurio is not going to be a big splash at call-up. Um, Jackson Shurio, just the act of him calling up, getting called up, will, will allow you to sell some. Um, late season... Uh, um, I want to say <laughs> Jackson. I kept I kept saying Matt Holiday, Matt no, Jackson Holiday, the son. <laughs> I think Jackson Holiday. Uh, so far he's been ahead of anybody's time. The people have tried to put a timetable on Jackson Jackson Holiday, and they've been wrong at every point thus far because he's just outperformed everybody's expectations. I expect to see him in the spring. Uh, as, as a, or not in the spring, in, in the fall, as a late season call up. So I think Jackson Holiday is it's even as expensive as some of his stuff is. He'll be seen as the number one prospect in baseball after Shurio gets called up. It's just a it's just a good time for him. Uh, Jordan Lawler's another guy, another another five tool prospect. And these names are no surprises. These are top top prospects. Yeah. So Chris, my question then is. For top prospects like this, mm -hmm. for somebody who's buying this, remember, I'm not doing this. I generally buy and like, I'll hold. So I'll hold this Juan Soto card. I'm probably not going to sell, you know, anytime in the near future. Same thing with the Otani. Um, but for someone that might be flipping, do you think that buying any of these prospects, basically, even if it's late as now in January, all the way up to spring training, when do you advise someone sell? In other words, let's just say someone's getting called up the following Friday. You sell the, the day they get called up. You sell them the news they are being called up. Or do you sell and wait to see how they perform? What would you advise? Well, it, it's it's kind of nuanced for 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 really everybody. A guy like Jackson Holiday, uh, Jackson Holiday, is going to come up to a team that's ideally performing well. I mean, we, we, we I think the Orioles are going to perform really well next year. A guy like him, you would let you would wait and see what impact he has at the big league level. Jackson Shurio, who plays the Brewers, who are a little less exciting, I'd sell the news of him getting called up. You know, to, to me, it's all about the psychological element of the fan base. The fan base is going to be buying the card. So I think you just you hit on something really interesting, Chris, because I hadn't heard you say that before. I know you a long time. 
there really is a difference between a prospect coming up. Forget about the time of year, that I know. Mm-hmm. But a prospect coming up for a team that could go somewhere versus a prospect coming up where their team is basically kind of dead in the water or likely to not go anywhere, you're saying that for the prospect that's coming up and the team's not going to go anywhere, probably sell on the news. Yes. Because that individual, exactly. And that makes sense to me, Chris, because that individual, no matter how great they are, no matter how Ruthian they might be, they're not going to impact the team in a way because baseball is not like that. You're not going to get them to the promised land. But I can see what you mean by Jackson Holiday, for example, for Baltimore. Because if he comes up late in the season and all of a sudden he gets hot, six home runs in whatever amount of games or anything crazy like that, and the Orioles have just solidified home field advantage or whatever the case may be, what you're saying is like there's this added element of seeing this young, exciting prospect in the playoffs for that team, and then anything's possible. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly, exactly. Um, Interesting. Like uh, the exception comes with – the, the exception comes with play, with franchises that have kind of broken the hype meter, and that's really just the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. You handle prospects differently with the Dodgers and the Yankees because it doesn't matter if the Yankees are relevant. Sure. A Yankee prospect is relevant. Of course. Uh, that brings me to Jason Dominguez, and uh, you may remember Jason Dominguez had Tommy John surgery, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's going to miss a year and a half," you know, and. I hear that, and I go, well, that's that's not true. First off, he's not a pitcher. He's an outfielder. Like, he's hitting he's, – he's already taking batting practice right now. Second, there's this new surgery out there called a bionic sleeve that they're using for Tommy John, and it gets him back ultra fast and with an ultra high success rate. And Dominguez had that surgery. Uh, I personally think Dominguez is going to be ready to go just after spring training. So – Bring on Yankee baseball. I'm excited. <laughs> But speaking uh, of baseball, but kind of twisting, mm -hmm. it brings us to our next topic, which is talk to me about this craziness of 2023 Bowman draft and the Tom Brady card. And is it still hot? Because it definitely was selling for big money. What's going on? So the, the twist is it wasn't actually always selling for that big money. There was an, and I know this because people have brought this to me. Um, They've shown me the screenshots of of of, of their of them trying to take that Tom Brady card to market, seeing what happens, watching the overall landscape of that that specific Tom Brady card and its parallels on eBay. There's one. There was one bidder with 302 feedback that was pushing the prices of those up to astronomical levels and not paying. Oh, and not paying. And not paying. So a lot of the high end Brady sales you see are fake. So. So let me ask you this then, because this is so much more of an important hobby question. Mm -hmm. And Chris, you know where I'm coming from when I say this. How the fuck do we help people in the hobby, whether it be someone who's an avid hobbyist, a part-timer, someone doing it with their kid or kids, someone who's professional? I had no idea, literally, until you just said that. Mm -hmm. And not only, of course, am I bothered by it, but I'm thinking about how many people might get effed out there by either buying it themselves because of other market comps getting caught up in the FOMO, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. How do we get the word out there? If you had to say, you know what, Layton, I have an announcement to make in the hobby that's important and I want to relay this information to the space. I'm asking sincerely because I don't know. Just because I have a Twitter account, I have an IG account, I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. 
I'm not someone that has a ton of, you know, millions of followers or anything like that. So I'm curious, if you want to help fellow hobbyists with that kind of information, other than through our YouTube videos, and of course, today is our 10th episode of Lunch Crew. If you want to continue to see interesting, valuable hobby content like this, make sure you like and subscribe to our show. But Chris, what is a good way to disseminate this information to help people? Uh, I mean, just tell people like, like, and, and like all the social media stuff, it's, it, it, it's all the same, right? It's, you know, if you have an Instagram account, you also have a Twitter account. You also have all this other stuff, you know, just, 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 you know, talk about it. Like we're doing right now. Just talk about it. You know, I mean, you can, um, shout it to your blue in the face, but like, just, you know, having reasonable conversations with people. And like the main thing you can do is protect yourself. Because the fewer people that fall for something like this, the, the, the less successful it is and the less it gets done. Uh, what you, you just mentioned a word called FOMO. And FOMO, fear of missing out, it hits us all. But you got to remember, hyped up hobby releases sell for more at release than they ever will at any point during the card's life cycle. And that includes that Tom Brady. The Tom Brady's, even without this shiller would have sold for the records for that card when they first came out every other sale will be behind them he's never going to do anything on the field that increases the value of those cards he's done um <clears throat> staying kind of over your skis i think is the term am i using that term correctly i don't ski a whole lot but no you strike me as a skier but i, <laughs> I would I, I would say this because i i don't I feel passionately about this. I don't think it's enough to talk about it. Yeah. I think that there should be a place, and this is what's uncomfortable, right? There's all these different, there's blowout message boards. There's Net54 Baseball. There's various Twitter accounts, IG accounts. And I, and I wanted to say this to you because, listen, I might only have a couple of years on you, but I feel like my social media tendencies are changing. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like five years ago version of myself, I didn't mind looking at IG every day, looking at Facebook every day, even checking Twitter every couple of days. It was not only, of course, part of my world and part of the hobby, and I thought it was important. I'm like, oh, you know, I stay up with my friends, information. Well, I can tell you, fast forward five years, I will not let myself do that. I don't think it's healthy. And I'm not saying I'm right. This is for me, gang. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, Chris, that the idea of just talking about it or, or assuming that someone has a Twitter account, an Instagram, a Facebook, they might, but that doesn't mean that they are looking at it religiously or regularly and they would know about something like this. Because honestly, I'm a little bit taken back as much as I feel like I'm in the know. I didn't know this about the Brady card. Now remember, I'm not buying and selling the 2023 Bowman Draft Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, but I'm still disturbed by a card selling for more than it should and people having this perception because maybe people are participating in breaks. Because they think the Brady's a big hit. Meanwhile, it's only worth 40%. I'm making up the numbers, of course. So it really just, it throws everything off and not in a good way. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things that, that can potentially throw things off. If a big uh, influencer goes on a buying spree and tries to pump out cards of fringe NFL players. In the NFL, the NFL is more week to week. So it happens more often with the NFL. We saw pumps on uh, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. Sure. Uh, we saw. I think we see three Zach Wilson pumps a year, right? 
Not uh, for me. <laughs> not from you. <laughs> I'm so, a Jet fan. For those of you who are listening and just finding out for the first time, yes, unfortunately, I'm a JTS fan. And I do blame my father. He inflicted <laughs> us with this terrible disease. But we're hoping one day that, you know, the next generation of my family, my son, will be able to think on his own and not be an advocate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever bought any Mike White cards? <laughs> All right. Enough about Tom Brady. Enough about the Jets. One of my favorite parts of the lunch crew, we bring two cards every week for sale. Uh, typically, two of them from me are vintage. The two from Chris are modern. This particular uh, week, because I am home uh, sick from the office, I don't want to get anyone else sick. Um, sorry, people are texting me about baseball cards. Uh, I wanted to still try to deliver some nice vintage cards. Candidly, these cards are available on eBay. So if you look in my eBay store, just underscore collect, you will see them for sale. However, they are approximately 20 to 25% more expensive. So I purposely price these at, I think, numbers priced to sell. But of course, you will decide. First up is a T206 Jake Beckley Hall of Famer. This is an SGC3. It's 225 bucks delivered. I think the last twos have been selling for about 225 So, you know, if you're looking for one for your collection, it's a great card. Fun fact, a number of years ago, I had a PSA 8 of this. I've had very few PSA 8s in the T206 set. And at the time, it was low pop. It still probably is. It sold for a lot of money at auction. But I've always had some good, fond memories of the Jake Beckley T206 card. So um, to me, he's got one card in the set. He's a Hall of Famer. I kind of like the distinguished look against the red background. And something I'll talk about often this year, you know, I even thought about it. I was like, am I going to start a T206 set? No. I don't want to own... 500 plus cards of cards. I don't necessarily want all of them. And I want to spend all that money. So this is my point. I love type collecting. I have certainly more than one T206. But if you are someone who is into vintage cards and you don't want to break the bank, type collecting is, for example, I'm going to have one, you know, Hall of Famer from every tobacco set pre-1925, making it up. I'm trying to make the point that if you were only going to have one card from the 06 set for about a couple hundred dollars, the Jake Beckley card isn't a bad choice. So with that, Chris, what do we got up next? All right. So from me, it's more affordable than the Beckley. This is Baltimore Orioles catcher and who I believe to be an important player going forward. I love the way this guy goes about its business. Reminds me of Buster Posey. Uh, 2023 Topps Chrome Cosmic, which was my favorite set visually from last year. Adley, I can say last year now. <laughs> Adley Rutzman. This is a base PSA 10. This is a, the, the, these are great cards. They're not expensive. 50 bucks gets you a PSA 10 when you compare it to like the Topps Chrome Rookie. This card is in a lot shorter supply than the Topps Chrome Rookies, which are printed to the damn moon. Not to say these aren't easy to find. If it wasn't easy to find, it wouldn't be 50 bucks. But uh, getting these, they're really prone to scratching. This card doesn't have any of the scratches. It's a player who is uh, going to be, in, in, in my estimation, an important player for eight, eight to 15 years. Um, I know it's a bold statement, but I feel like it's safer to make, him, make it about him than anybody in baseball. Uh, he's exciting and fun to watch. Uh, I, I think back to his debut where you remember him at his debut and he's just looking around like a kid in a candy store. And that really said a lot to me because this, this was a mega star before he stepped foot on a major league baseball field. And he is still taken back by what he sees. And it was just refreshing to me that and the resurgence of the Baltimore Orioles, 
like was just great to see. All right. Sorry. No <laughs> I was trying to clear all the screens. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about that card, but cards in general, to me, when you can buy a PSA 10 rookie of a set that you like for like $50 and under, keep in mind it costs you 15 and 20 bucks to grade the card. Even if you bought a pack of a Cosmic, and a lot of people don't sell packs, you have to buy a box. Yeah. You're going to pay, I don't know, $20, $30, something like that. So, of course, you know, you'd rather pull a super duper insert, you know, low number of this or an autograph. But I just feel like even if you look at it almost as like, not necessarily discretionary, but hey, I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan. A lot of times, Chris, when you're talking about $30 and $50 purchases of PSA or SGC graded cards, I don't see it as much different than like buying a t-shirt of that player right? or buying a ball cap. Mm -hmm. And so what's kind of cool is the ball cap and the t-shirt likely won't go up in price. But there's a chance that card goes to 100 Yeah, yeah. And you know, another, another factor is time. Like uh, if you oh, bought, sure. if you bought point. this card on eBay, it would cost you about five, five to seven dollars uh, shipped, taxed, everything, maybe even eight, depending on the, the standard of the shipper. Send it to send it to PSA. You're gonna add at minimum seventeen dollars and fifty cents, which is what a minimum PSA sub costs right now. You're gonna pay to ship it to PSA. You're gonna pay them. To, you're gonna pay them to ship it back to you. Uh, you're gonna have to wait. Three months is about what they're averaging on modern, which is flying, by the way. Modern value, three months. Hats off to PSA for refining their processes and getting modern done in three months. That's incredible. Modern bulk. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's you know, kind of like, like, and that's for a shot out of 10. This is a 10, and it's not much more than what it would cost you just. And just to be clear, just now. to be clear, Chris, I wasn't trying to sell your card. I was merely merely encouraging others that are out there listening to the show, do your own shopping, figure out who your own favorite team is. Yeah. There's a lot of wonderful cards you can buy for $30, 40 or $50 mm -hmm. of prospects or rookies. Once again, I'm not suggesting they're investments, not what I mean. Yeah. But if you look at it as a discretionary purchase, instead of buying your piece of fandom as a t-shirt or a hat, mm -hmm. maybe you buy a card and maybe there is a little bit of upside. Yeah, when I send this to get graded, it's like, Chris, you're not, you're not, you're not a Baltimore. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a retailer. You know, <laughs> I absolutely look at these as hats. You know, uh, like I, sure. I, 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 I try to value add the cards. It's just that's that that's how I that and vintage breaks is how I pay my mortgage. You know, as, as they say. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Well, we got what do we got up next for vintage? All right, we've got, and really, I was really struck by the grade on this card and the condition of the card. This is the Gil McDougal 53 Bowman Color. Yep, so I chose this one because it's one of my favorite sets from the 1950s, probably of all time. Um, if that Gil McDougal was any of the Hall of Famers on the Yankees in that set, you'd be talking 500 to 1,000 plus. McDougal was a well-known star player for the Yanks, but certainly not a Hall of Famer. Um, and this one is on eBay, I think, for $275. Uh, as I mentioned, um, you can check out our eBay store at just underscore collect. We're offering it to our community for $225. Just a great example of a Yankee star from the time period from an even better set with real photography being introduced for the first time in 1953 on Bowman Color baseball cards. It is truly a beautiful, beautiful card. Beautiful card. Second is the, uh, uh, well, I mean, this back. I don't know if you guys can see this in the image, but this back looks like it was just printed. 
Like it. It's a nice example. Sorry about that. My headset was kind of acting funny. I didn't want to risk it sounding. I thought you fell in love with the Gil McDougal. I'm like, Chris, if you really wanted to make your deal. I did, I did. I did. I did. My next card is a fun, fun insert. These are case hits in. Yep. Tops Chrome Cosmic. This is a Stella Nova of Gunnar Henderson. And uh, th these these are die cut case hits. It's going to be really hard to get a ten in this because of the die cut nature. I'm going to save that for 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 Layton comes back. But uh, this is the other stalwart of that really good Orioles farm system that's now come up into reality. They kind of took the uh, took the the Houston Astros plan and uh, drafted high upside and invested in invested in their prospects. The Orioles did. But this is Gunnar Henderson. This is a case hit Stella Nova. The card kind of pops out at you. It almost feels like 3D. They, they, the Cosmic is just a, such a wonderful, wonderful art set. And this is one of the case hit inserts. And this card is not really that. This, this is $115 for this card in a PSA 9. And PSA 10s of this are going to be really hard to get. And it is, it's not a base card. This is, a, this is a case hit insert. You get one of these per 12 boxes. Of any player in the checklist, this is the rookie of the year, Gunnar Henderson. Seems like to be a reasonable deal. But with that, Chris, I know we have a number of new releases to cover. Let's talk about National Treasures 2023 baseball. Uh, so National Treasures has started to feel like kind of copy and paste to me, right? So, hey, we're just going to do the same thing with a new checklist. Uh, this, this, this set is not that. The set has updated designs, same parallels, updated designs, wider checklist, more content per box. Uh, we've been through about a case of this on Vintage Breaks that I, I, I personally got to rip. And uh, I'm seeing like two, three RPAs per box instead of the normal one and a half. We say, when you say, what do you mean? How can you have a half card? Well, one box will have one, next box will have two. That's what I mean when I say one and a half. No, but you know, Chris, you brought up a good point. I've liked the National Treasures baseball in particular because when you talk about some of like the Hall of Famers, they'll get to sign their cards. Mm -hmm. If they were on licensed cards, it would cost a lot more. Oh yeah. So I like that aspect of it, but I do feel the same way that you do, which is over the last few years. Remember, I'm no modern guru, but I broke. Remember one year we broke like 150 boxes of NT baseball for vintage breaks or 200 boxes, which is like 50 cases worth, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, we don't really break that much modern. Point being is that I have felt in the past, and I haven't seen this year's uh, NT Baseball yet, that it, it became a little bit more like copy and paste, and I started to not like it as much. Mm -hmm. So I really am looking forward to uh, checking out the product and seeing some of these, you know, like newer designs you're talking about. Yeah, it is, it's also a little more forward-focused in some years. The RPA checklist design has all the big guys in it. It, it has it has an <laughs> RPA of Jackson Holiday. It has an RPA of, of Jackson Shurio. It also has RPAs of guys that you may not be thinking about right now, like James Wood, who was uh, who was dealt in the Juan Soto deal to the Nationals. Um, so it's that that set has a lot of potential, a lot of bang for buck. There's also a really strong veteran checklist in there. Um, like we hit a one on one of David Ortiz. Is that a really valuable card not really but it's a cool one-on-one -on -one autograph of, of big poppy who doesn't want a big poppy autograph it's not a yankees fan uh, 
<laughs> so I'm throwing a lot of New York digs today. I don't know what's up. <laughs> so it's just it's just a really improved set from a set that has been kind of stale in 22 and 23 with a lot of retreads. Um, all right. Well, let's switch gears. We've been talking tons of baseball on the show. I know 23 pro- Prism football. First off, the line's been hitting. The regular starting to come in. We're getting our share of vintage breaks, I guess, today or, or tomorrow. Um, what's some of the advice for the release, Chris? Because it's a little confusing this year. You can elaborate on this better than me, but not every top quarterback even has an autograph rookie in it. C.J. Stroud, which is really the quarterback that matters right now, does not have autos and will not have autos in any Panini product. Um, turns out it hasn't meant a whole lot. That he doesn't. The collectors. Why do you think that? Because collectors are always going to go to the best available, and that's still that's still his prism parallels in this. It doesn't matter. As low numbered as one. What would be the next one? Ten. Uh, the go the hobby golds, which are exclusively in hobby box, are going to be numbered to ten. There's probably going to be a choice parallel numbered to eight. Uh, there's probably you know you remember you 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 have choice, you have fast break, you have, you have all this that are still scheduled to come out. Fast breaking choice will be at a better price margin, but to me, one of the big problems with this product is the price. Like uh, first off, the line came out, and I said, "Great, no autographs to those guys. It should come out to like six hundred dollars a box." Well, no, I'm wrong. <laughs> North, so, yeah, a thousand dollars is what that first off the line ended at, uh, at, at at the low point. So first off the line, even without autographs of Stroud, Young, and Levis, is still a thousand dollars. The autograph that's pulling it is Anthony Richardson. But really, you're, you're, you're looking for those C.J. Stroud cards. You're not looking for um, autographs. But as it turns out, a green scope Stroud is still going to be just as collectible if it's autographed or not. And I'm wondering, are the autographs really even all that important? And they might be proven they're really not. And that, that's, that's a fun landscape to me. Well, <laughs> please let, yeah, I'll say, let me know in the comments, because yours truly would like to know. What you think, do autographs on these rookie cards really matter as much as we think? Or, as evidenced by the C.J. Stroud 2023 Prism Football release, as some of the cards bring, bring, bring big dollars, as Chris is alluding to, maybe the autographs aren't as important as we all believe that they are. Let us know in the comments below what you think. But speaking of autographs, I know that the top, excuse me, Topps Brooklyn Edition Mm-hmm. has recently come out, and that's been a fan favorite of ours. How many autographs do you get per box of those, Chris? So it's stated as two. What I'm finding is it's actually two and a half. Every other box will have a third autograph, is, is from what I've seen. I love that issue so much. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, like, and it's, it's around the same price point as like a tier one, but the checklist is so much better. Like, imagine. And everything's on card. They're beautiful, right? Everything's on card, but imagine instead of getting a retread prospect, you get Rod Carew. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> gang, if, if you don't want to buy the product, like, meaning buy boxes, don't take our word. Go to eBay, type in 2023 Broken Collection. There's just beautiful cards out there. So as Chris mentioned, if you're a, you know, a vet fan of, like, you know, Carew and Koufax, like, I don't know if Koufax is in the issue, so I don't want to be misleading. Um, but there's definitely some really great vet content. And then I love, with the rookies, you know, as, as way back as 2018 with Brooklyn, 
Ah, man, if I had all the money, I would just open up a case of 18 Brooklyn looking for Otani on card autos. It'd be so much fun. Absolutely. And uh, Otani is in here as a release. And they're like, well, they haven't been as a Dodgers shirt. They haven't been a Dodgers. Nope. These were printed a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but sports cards are printed with an eight to 12 months lead time because, you know, they have to get them signed. And you know, it takes players forever to sign this stuff. It takes forever yep. to get them printed. It takes forever for them to sign it. So, They've already designed 2024 top stuff, the whole, so, whole calendar. I'm just curious then, Chris, because there's one more product I want to cover today mm-hmm. in our new release section of our 10th episode of Trading Card Therapy. Thank you so much, of course, everyone, for tuning in and supporting our show. So, Chris, as far as autographs go and this lead time, tell us about the new Upper Deck Goodwin Champions release. And, like, how is there Michael Jordan autographs in there? Is it because it was produced so long ago because we don't know that Jordan is going to be exclusive anymore? Is he going to follow LeBron and what's going on? Talk to us. I, I I think the rumors of Michael Jordan and Upper Deck falling out are extremely exaggerated. Um, I don't think it's true at all. I don't think they've had a fallout. fallout. However, I will concede that I think Upper Deck has more motivation now to license out Jordan autographs than they ever have. And this is what surprised me about Goodwin Champions. This card, they're, they've redone the, the 1998-99 game jersey autographs from SP. You remember those cards? They were popping. They were great. Awesome. Yeah. So they've bought a Michael Jordan. Uh, that it's, it's that national charity jersey from the charity game. They've cut that jersey up and put it in, put it in the pack with on-card autographs. Now, if this card is a redemption, I'm going to cry. It's probably a redemption. <laughs> so sure. I, I, I have pre-prepared tears for this card being a redemption. But the very fact that this card exists in, um, um, in, in rare quantities is amazing and a big win for Upper, upper Deck. Um, this, he also has a uh, 2000 retro uh, um, SP Authentic Retro Future Watch. Uh, the, they have the rookie authentics autograph that has Jordan in it, so it's not just this one set. There's quite a few Jordan autographs in this product. Um, another thing, that, another thing that they did that's not Jordan, but also interesting to me, they went and they said, "Okay, uh, we know what we do in hockey, and we do hockey really well. What if we gave some baseball prospects the hockey treatment?" So, for the first time ever. We have, and I'm pulling this up here. We have, we have young guns. Oh, oh that's hot, man. We have young guns. In that's baseball. good. Yeah. So, like, uh, how is the market going to react to this? I don't know. I that's like cool. it. I don't care. It also will have the acetate in this number two hundred, cool. just like they do in a. Well, listen, kudos to Upper Deck, right? We're always talking mm-hmm. about what we hate about card companies. I like the innovation. I like, you know, the Jordan patch. I love Young Gun baseball. I think it's just really cool for the collector and the hobbyist. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, this is one thing that I don't like about uh, Fanatics taking literally everything. I know competition is, 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 is best for any industry, for the consumer. And um, Upper Deck definitely, uh, definitely is capable of doing some of that. Uh, look how beautiful the exquisites are. Oh, uh, listen, you know I love my Coco Goff exquisite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing. Is there going to be a surprise like Coco, Coco Golf? There is some golf in this product. Uh, they've made the, they put the Black Diamond subset in this. 
So this uh, Goodwin Champions has turned out to be kind of like Chronicles in what what Panini does, and they're putting all their design. And the reason they do this is because you know all intellectual property is use it or lose it. So if they don't use Black Diamond, if they don't use Exquisite, if they don't use SP, they'll eventually lose it. So this is a way to provide interesting stuff for the collector and to use those intellectual properties. Well, listen, I think that this is one of the most interesting new release sections that we've had so far uh, on the Lunch Crew. Chris, before we get to closing thoughts from yours truly, where can folks find our other nine episodes easily if they want to listen to it and drop comments, all that kind of good stuff? Great. We keep all that at vblunchcrew.com. It'll show you different ways to look, to to partake in the media. Uh, it'll give you a link to Spotify. It'll give you a link to iTunes. It'll give you the, give you a link to YouTube. That's where we kind of aggregate all our comment, both on the our own website and those three channels. Great. Well, thanks for letting everyone know, Chris. So, if you haven't recently watched any commercials, then you may not have seen this. But I watch enough uh, TV with my son that it's literally drilled in our brains. And by the way, we don't eat Burger King in our family. I used to when I was a kid. Um, but man, their commercial of BK, have it your way, right? Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's what I wanted to close with, but I wanted to talk about the hobby. So it's enjoy the hobby your way. Man, we were talking just a little bit ago on today's show how there's just, excuse me, offline, Chris, before today's show, pardon me. There's all this different content. There's a lot of noise and there's influencers. And really what we're trying to do with the lunch crew, let us know in the comments if we're doing a good job because we want to hear. We're trying to simply provide information. We'll give you our thoughts, but we're trying to provide the information so that you can be served and be more educated as a consumer, as an investor, as a collector, as a hobbyist, part-time, full-time, Casually, it doesn't really matter. But man, there's a lot of people out there who are telling you or advising you what to do, how to do it, who to do it with, <laughs> the way to do it. And let me tell you, I feel a little lighter. I don't use Facebook as often, really hardly ever anymore. I use IG more so for business, which is why I'm, I'm more on there. But man, it's it's a chore to keep up on all the different platforms, all the different content. So I'm not saying you should listen to Lunch Crew. I'm saying to have it your way. Decide what's important to you, and then you'll be much much less likely to be influenced, whereas you're going to be soaking in the information, and then you'll just decide, you know, I really like what that guy has to say or what those guys have to say. I don't agree. I think that's great. But I do feel... There's a lot of that going on. And then, Chris, we definitely talked about this offline. Man, if I see, we were talking about this earlier. I grew up in a household. I'm the oldest. Love my brother and sisters, Merrick, Farron, May, and Ray Lynn. But, man, we we did a lot of, you know, squabbling and fighting. And God knows, you know, he hit me. She hit me. And I was saying to Chris, we used to call that in my family. If my dad's watching, he knows. I'm telling. And the whole joke is that. You know, our parents tried to raise this, like, even if someone did something they weren't supposed to, telling on them right away isn't necessarily the best way to go about it. Well, I feel like in our hobby right now, 
it's okay if you want to share some information, i.e. I'm telling because I found out something substantive that might help you, i.e. this Tom Brady info, which truthfully I didn't know about the prices on 23 Bowman draft Tom Brady's. But putting that aside, as far as it goes, now there seems like there's, I'm telling, I'm the person who's telling, and like literally there is no original anything there. You're just regurgitating other information. Now, to be clear, if you're screaming from the mountaintops and you're trying to help people, I don't think it's wrong. I'm just suggesting for myself and I think others. We'd like to feel good when we go to our safe space that we call the hobby. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't warn people and give them information that will help them in their journey. But man, let's have some, let's shoot for not only better content, but bringing value. Because I think, listen, there's some people who are going to be better looking, funnier, wittier, all that kind of good stuff, much more so than Chris and I. But that's okay. As long as we're all in this together, meaning trying to share what we're learning. So if there's something that you've learned last year, just one valuable lesson in 2023 in the hobby, please, I encourage you, I implore you, put it into the chat. And what we're going to do is next week, we're going to find one person who was kind enough to contribute a really good nugget of information, and we're going to give you a prize. So make sure you tune in next Thursday. Our shows usually start, you know, noonish, but it's been busy. So we're going to try to hammer one out moving forward. But getting back to the original point here, if you have other content that you enjoy in the hobby, please let us know. I was talking to Chris offline. Like, I'm looking for more hobby content that I like. Yeah. And I'm not naming anyone in particular because even for the folks I don't necessarily enjoy their content, I might enjoy nuggets of information they have to share. So please let me know. I'd love to check out some new hobby content, even if it's your content. Love to check it out. Drop us a comment in the chat. And with that, we're going to wrap up our first episode of trading card, excuse me, of lunch crew for 2024. Right together. Yeah, I got to try to live in. The medicine's starting to kick in, man. Um, so really appreciate each and every one of you tuning in, not just to our first nine episodes and today, but moving forward, we're trying to make you part of our journey. Thanks very much, everybody.